The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator this item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. God damn it! Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I live in the American Gardens building on West 81st Street, on the 11th floor. My name is Patrick Bateman. I'm 27 years old. I believe in taking care of myself, in a balanced diet, and a rigorous exercise routine. In the morning, if my face is a little puffy, I'll put on an ice pack while doing my stomach crunches. I can do a thousand now. After I remove the ice pack, I use a deep pore cleanser lotion. In the shower, I use a water-activated gel cleanser. Then a honey almond body scrub. And on the face, an exfoliating gel scrub. Then I apply an herb mint facial mask, which I leave on for 10 minutes while I prepare the rest of my routine. I always use an aftershave lotion with little or no alcohol because alcohol dries your face out and makes you look older. Then moisturizer, then an anti-aging eye balm followed by a final moisturizing protective lotion. There is an idea of a Patrick Bateman, some kind of abstraction, but there is no real me, only an entity, something illusory. And though I can hide my cold gaze, and you can shake my hand and feel flesh gripping yours, and maybe you can even sense our lifestyles are probably comparable. I simply am not there. Now, Biff, don't con me. Bob Seska. I don't know what we're yelling about. The Bob Seska Show. Hello, Bob. Oh, I guess I should start the show. I just listen to, sometimes I just listen to the theme song for a few minutes. I'm like, this is really rocking, dude. <laughs> All right. It is Thursday, July 13, 2017, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I'm Bob, and we're brought to you by the best soap in the world. It's Bubble Genius. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. Get free legal advice at thebowenlawgroup.com slash Chez. Or just click the link on the podcast page. That's the easiest way to do it. Okay, so uh, lots to talk about. As usual, the Donald Trump crisis uh, continues to overflow the bucket of shows. So we need to uh, we need to bring in our very special guest today. And I love doing this because I get to play this. <laughs> 
Please welcome the great David Ferguson, T-Rex, as uh, as we all like to call him on the, you know, all of us graduates of uh, political blogosphere 1.0. All oh, nobody cares about that. <laughs> really, nobody cares. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that was your handle for like the longest time. Everyone knew no, you as, as T-Rex because... You, I mean, that was all part of the uh, the experience of, of the blogosphere during the George W. Bush era. And uh, we thought we were in trouble. <laughs> I know. Well, well, well put, my friend. That's exactly right. We're all going, oh, my God, it's the end of the world. It can't possibly get worse than this. And that was like, uh, what, 2003 all the way up to 2000. And eight, and, and we're going, Jesus I Christ. didn't really jump in until about 2005. Yeah, that was about when I got started, too. I started, in fact, I officially started blogging, David, uh, on my, I started my own blog right after the 2004 election. Before that, I was, I was blogging in a discussion board on my cartoon site. So I had a cartoon website where I released cartoons and produced cartoons. And then I was, remember, I remember your Metallica cartoon with Lars Ulrich crawling around like a spider. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was Napster bad. That was God, 17 years ago. Napster bad. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and you know what, believe it or not, I still get, I still get mail about that. People, people right. love that cartoon. And every once We're in a while, laughing about things that nobody understands, we should probably move to something there. In, out of the inside joke territory, Seska. Oh well, believe me, I'd I'd much rather talk about that than Donald Trump. I mean, you know, oh. the, the days of dealing with George W. Bush and Lars Ulrich from Metallica seem like uh, well, seem like heaven compared to <laughs> compared to this living nightmare of the the Trump crisis. But you know, it was one of those things where uh, God, we were just kids. Yeah, really, 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 and you know, scattered pictures, <laughs> scattered all around the room. But anyway. I mean, for me, it it happened kind of fast because I started blogging on my own blog in, in late two thousand four, right after the election, and then in mid uh, summer two thousand five, I get a call from Roy Seacoff at the Huffington Post, say, "Hey, well, you want to blog for the Huffington Post?" And I said, "Okay," and so that's what I started doing, and. And that, you know, eventually, and it was actually because I was blogging for the Huffington Post that you and I got to meet at the 2006 midterms CNN blogger bar or whatever the hell they were doing. Drink all you want at the bar and, and then blog about the uh, midterm election. I think that was the uh, <laughs> that was the uh, call of the day. But that was ladies fun. post free after seven. Yeah, it was a that was a fun party. But yeah, yeah, we got to talk about Donnie Jr. I mean, we don't have to. We, we could maybe even go the whole show without mentioning his dad because there's I so know. much on the ground right now for us to pick up. <laughs> well, before we t- we before we talk about either of the Trumps, I have got to play this. I don't know if you know about th- this about me, uh, David, is that. I am a huge fan of The Lord of the Rings. I love the books. Okay. I, I especially love the films. Yeah, the Hobbit movies that came after, those were still good, but not not nearly as good as the uh, the Lord of the Rings movies that came okay, out. I have beginning. a confession to make. Yeah? I'm even nerdier than that. I was a Pern kid. Oh! <laughs> okay, sure. Oh, oh, man, that's going out into the world. Well, did you see uh, the Colbert show the other night? You know, uh, Late show with Stephen Colbert. He had Andy Serkis uh, on the show. And Andy Serkis is, of course, the guy who does all the performance capture for many digital characters. He does Caesar and the Planet of the Apes movies. He did King mm-hmm. Kong and the Peter Jackson King Kong movie. Gollum. And famously, he did Gollum. Not only the Gollum performance, but he also did the Gollum voice. So Colbert, who is by far the biggest Lord of the Rings nerd in the entire world, 
I mean, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. He might know more about Lord of the Rings than the actual Tolkien people know. But long story short, he had Andy Serkis on the show the other night, and and he asked Andy Serkis to read some Trump tweets in the voice of Gollum, which was absolutely the funniest thing I have seen in a long, long time. Here's a, here's Colbert and Andy Serkis doing Gollum reading uh, Trump tweets. I would love it if I could hear either Smeagol or Gollum. Okay, um, or both. Uh, read these tweets by Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. The fake news media has never been so wrong or so dirty. Purposely incorrect stories and phony sources to meet their agenda of hate. Sad. <laughs> Genius. One more. Despite the constant negative press, kerfuffle. <laughs> wait, wait, what's kerfuffle, precious? No one knows. That's the most beautiful thing. Yep. Yep, I love that. I oh, love that so much. <laughs> I, Dave, I've listened to that thing, that clip, about a thousand times over the last couple of days. It's beautiful. Yeah. But now that I've outed myself as a pern nerd and I've made that confession, I need to say that I'm not here as an employee, not appearing as a spoksman for... <laughs> rawstory.com <laughs> the views expressed here are simply my own and do not affect the views of the staff or editorial view overall of raw story mm, there you go um, i'm strictly appearing here in my capacity as a hair and grease clog <laughs> um, now explain explain to the folks what pern is oh okay oh really yeah. okay so once upon a time there are these books called the dragon riders of pern and they're like the ultimate pet fantasy because you have this psychic connection to an animal that's this giant thing that breathes fire um <laughs> and i just i can't even go any further than that really yeah. i mean there's like different colors of dragons there's the queens are gold and they mate with bronzes and the you know and that you know there's actually there are queer people on pern oh great because yeah yeah, she talked about that. Somebody asked her that because you know the dragons mate. The green dragons are ridden by men, and the brown dragons are ridden by men, and their dragons mate. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, one of the hottest guys in the books is a, a brown rider, but hold it different story. But uh, yeah, someone was like, "Are there gay people in Pern?" And she's like, "Green riders, brown riders, do the math." Yeah. Well, actually, um, you know what? In the Lord of the Rings movies, I think there's something going on between Legolas and Gimli. I, I mean, I, I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, that's going to break some hearts. I have no evidence of that. I'm just saying. All right, so. But I mean, I, I have to do this because I always love to use my echo machine uh, on the show. So I have to do this. Nerds. <laughs> all right. That's that's all. Thank you. Nerds. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, let's let's dig into everything that's going on. First of all, did you know, Dave? Did you know, and this is a, a, you know, sort of one of those, the more you know kind of things, a little bit of history. Did you know that France helped us win independence back in, uh, during the Revolutionary War? Did you know this? Trump evidently just found out. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like one of those things. Once again, uh, Trump is in, in France right now for Bastille Day. He's meeting with his new bestie, uh, Macron, who, by the way, by the way, Macron is playing Trump like a fiddle. 
Macron really? hates, Macron hates Trump. Let's let's make no mistake here. Macron was the was basically the Hillary Clinton in the French election because he was the one being attacked by Russia just like Hillary Clinton was during the 2016 election. So Macron has no uh, no love, no affection whatsoever for anything related to Vladimir Putin or Russia, including Donald Trump. But he is, this is just my read on it. I've got no specific evidence along these lines. But Macron is just trying to do his best to, he's almost like, he's almost like the, uh, oh, should use the echo machine again, the nerd in school who knows exactly how to play the cool kids where he's kissing up to the cool kids but secretly making fun of the cool kids at the same time so macron is <laughs> is backslapping and glad handing with trump and you just know that privately he's going this guy this guy's an idiot he's a moron no he's, <laughs> he's an idiot moron he's an idiot you bring him a bowl of dishwater he would not know the difference <laughs> exactly so i like, just really want someone to slip Trump a note telling him that he needs to praise Henri Bastille. Yeah. You know, like, like you know, it's Bastille Day, right? You know, Henri, you know, he doesn't, it's the prison. Of course not. So, you know, he <laughs> needs to go out and be like, you know, Henri Bastille is someone who did an amazing job <laughs> being recognized more and more. Yeah. More and more. Get a big heart. They're all recognizing Bastille Day more and more. More and more people are talking about it, I'm told. Yeah, that's kind of what he did. I mean, he, he talked about how. Uh, uh, you know, as if no one knows that France helped us in the war for independence, uh, the Revolutionary War. And this is news to Trump because, of course, words have no meaning for Trump. Here he is at the uh, the joint press conference the other uh, this this morning, actually. France helped us secure our independence. A lot of people forget. A lot of people forget. In the American Revolution, <laughs> thousands of French soldiers thousands. fought alongside American troops. So that, as Lafayette said, Lafayette. liberty would have a country. What? Okay. <laughs> more and more people. Lafayette, very, very tremendous guy. Loves Trump steaks. Loves Trump vodka. <laughs> very, very, very good friend. Had him at Mar-a-Lago. Lafayette. I flew through his airport. It's fabulous. <laughs> God damn it, this guy. Oh, my God. God damn it. You know it. Uh, so, yeah, so there's that. Lots more. But then at the press conference, he said, okay, he specifically said, my son never met with a lawyer working for the Russian government. Yeah. We have that in the email. Right. It's right there. It's all right there. It's all. I, I, David, I don't know. I want to get your take on this because I've just been talking about, and this is the the common wisdom happening right now in terms of the Trump strategy, the Trump legal strategy, which appears to be confess to everything. That's that's like okay. Let's sit down. The Trump White House gets they all get together. The staffers they all sit around the Oval Office. And says, what what should we do about this Trump Russia problem? And Trump goes, "Let's confess to everything. Let's just dump it all." And that no, they no. This is an old technique, and any prosecutor will tell you that when the defense team starts dumping things like this, it just means that they are trying to get ahead of even bigger. Ah, uh, yeah, that's coming down the line. No, this is. I mean, I I suspect. We're about to. I mean, Jared Kushner just added a hundred plus names to yeah. the people he had to add to his his SE eighty six form. Um, hundred names, yeah, more than a hundred, and it's like, okay, yeah. So what else are you going to tell us? I mean, it's baffling. It's baffling. They're self incriminating. That's what they're doing. I mean, every. I mean, no matter whether you're getting you got a traffic ticket or whether you've committed high try high crimes and uh, misdemeanors all along the way. 
you don't talk about a, a, an investigation that is ongoing. Well, it's jury tampering, essentially. They're trying to get the, the well so poisoned yeah. that, you know, there's no one, no place they can try the trial without, you know, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing, though. In some uh, some of these investigations, certainly there's one going on in Virginia. I would be shocked if that there if there aren't other grand juries that have been impaneled already. I'm going to be interested to see Don Jr. in front of the Senate Select Intelligence Committee next week. Yeah, that should be fast. Is it is it set yet? Do you know? Is it uh, going to happen next week? I thought that's what Rachel Maddow said last night. I could be wrong about this. She what? put out a lot of information last night. Uh, I know, so, I know. I know. Angus King wants to have uh, uh, Junior in at some point soon. I just didn't know that if it was a, a done deal, if it was set yet. But his BS is so not going to fly in yeah. front of the Senate. Well, it's just, of course, because <laughs> I mean, he's an idiot. It barely probably flies at you know twenty one club at three in the afternoon. <laughs> it's not going to fly in front of the Senate. Well, I mean, just I, I, he's such an idiot, and he's doing so many stupid, stupid things. Well, let's—we're getting ahead of ourselves. Here's Donald Trump in this joint press conference with Macron today, just digging deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, as far as my son is concerned, my son is a wonderful young man. He took—he's very, very tremendous. This I can tell you. He's uh, believe me, believe me. He's quality, quality person. These are the highest quality kids you will ever, ever ever fine very 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 tremendous god damn he talks it. about him like he's a cigar well, he's, he's, no what he's talking about <laughs> he's he's talking about his kids like he's talking about trump steaks trump steaks are the world's greatest steaks and i mean that in every sense of the word this is the highest exactly, quality <laughs> these are usda prime children they're the best children most flavorful children you've ever ever had believe me believe me this i can tell you meeting with a russian lawyer not a government lawyer, but a Russian lawyer. Uh, with, with very... Oh, there's the sniff. The sniff is back. <gasps> yeah. I'm telling you, he is snorting Adderall. They are doing... He and Don Jr. just do lines and lines and lines of Adderall. They just take the pills, crush them up, use like either a... Uh, their uh, American Express black and just separate the little lines and they're cutting the lines. I swear to God, this Ew. is like... I mean, I'm more and more convinced that Adderall is the drug of choice for the, uh, for the Trumps. I mean, that's just, it has so, to There be. was a Gawker thing said that it was, um, is it Fentermine, Fenterbine? It was one of the ingredients in FinFin until they found out that those two ingredients together <laughs> like caused like fata- fatal heart attacks and <laughs> liver catastrophic failure. Oh, my God. Well, but, they're, they're using something. They're doing something because this, they, they, I don't know what it is, but. Uh, Someone described that particular drug as being speed with none of the fabulous kind of, oh, I feel so, ta- you know, like tactile and you're so fabulous and let's uh, you know none of that it's just like the teeth grinding yeah like well, i mean it's it's hot temper i mean i you know i'm not one of these people who likes to diagnose someone from a thousand miles away but i mean when he's constantly going i mean you gotta go jesus mr president what's in your do your sinuses is this like stevie nicks in 1979 what's wrong with you jesus christ all right let's it's go such a tell when he's angry or lying too i mean that's yeah yeah, he's got to really be the is. worst poker player, and obviously he's the worst deal maker in the world. We find out over and over and over that these supposed brilliant deals he made, he paid way over market for things. Yeah, and then like stiffed his contractors and blew out of town when everything went 
to hell. Well, I mean, this it goes back to what I keep saying is that Donald Trump is Biff Tannen in Back to the Future 2 in the alternate reality 1984. He is the luckiest man on earth because he is he Donald Trump has succeeded despite himself. Donald, there's no reason if you actually well, no, look he's at Donald, just, he, he, he succeeded with the help of the Kremlin is the problem. Well, yes, exactly. That's exactly right. Because the only and the more we see these stupid, stupid reactions to all of these bombshell news articles that are coming well, out. Did you see the thing in the, the Wall Street years. Journal last night, though, where the, there was all this chatter about his associates and from Russian people in May of 2015. Oh, yeah. Even declared. So how long has this been in the works? Well, let's get let's get back to this. Uh, let's play the right, rest right, of this right, clip right, of audio, right, right, and then, okay. we'll, then we'll absolutely dive into the Wall Street Journal thing because there are a couple of uh, extraordinarily vital pieces of this uh, reporting that's come down from Shane Harris, and, and we absolutely have to talk about it. Let's get back to Don. Uh, Don. I almost said Don. Don Trump. Let's talk about Don Trump. Donnie. Don. Donnie. Donnie Trump in France today, everybody. Uh, here's, uh, here's more of Donald Trump. It was a short meeting. Uh, it was a meeting that um, went very, very quickly, very fast. Two other people in the room, they, I guess one of them left almost immediately, and the other one was uh, not really focused on the meeting. I do think this, I think from a practical standpoint, uh, most people would have taken that meeting. It's called opposition. No! No! Most people would call the FBI. No! No, most people would not have taken that meeting. Anybody that there a few more times. Yeah, I think we need no. to. No, no, no. We'll do it together. It needs to... No. 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 <laughs> Jesus. I mean, no one would have taken that meeting. If anyone with a brain in their head said, oh, you mean Russians, the, the Russian government is in the process of gathering intelligence to dump on Hillary Clinton and interfering in the 2016 election? By all means, yes, everyone line up for this meeting. I mean, people from around the block are coming in. Oh, my God, the Russians are here? Let's take this meeting. This is a fantastic idea. What could possibly go wrong? There's nothing illegal about this. There's nothing untoward about meeting with a hostile foreign power and a representative thereof. Jesus Christ. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it, especially later this summer, David. <laughs> By Labor Day, this is going to be fantastic information. In research or even research into your opponent. I've had many people. I have only been in politics for two years, but uh. I've had many people call up. Oh, gee, we have information on this factor or this person or, frankly, Hillary. Uh, that's very standard in politics. Politics is not the nicest business in the world, but it's very standard where... They have information, and you take the information. In the case of Don, uh, he listened. Uh, I guess they talked about, as I see it, they talked about adoption and some things. Uh, Adoption wasn't even a part of the campaign. (laughs) But nothing happened from the meeting. So, so, yeah, by all means, let's have this meeting uh, about adoption. What is this? I mean, this whole, like, I've only been in politics for two years. You started the birther... uh, I'm going to say this word. Okay, fine. Yeah. You started the birther... Back in two thousand what nine? Yeah, right after he was elected, and he ran for president in nineteen eighty eight. In nineteen eighty eight, Donald Trump ran for president. He didn't get very far. He ran as an independent, but he ran in nineteen eighty eight. Did this bullshit about? Oh, I mean, he's talking about opposition research. Yeah, and he uh, yeah, the whole no. sheriff Joe thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sending his operatives to Hawaii, Hawaii. and Arizona. They're going to come back with amazing things. Amazing, amazing, beautiful, I, I'm hearing, I'm hearing incredible things. There's a report that's coming down. It's so funny because his 
his hype about the uh, the investigators being sent to Honolulu to investigate the birth certificate. It's Whatever the same, happened to that? It's the same kind of drivel that he's talking about now. It's like what he talked about on the se- I believe it was the seventh of June of last year. It was right when the meeting was set. With Veselnitskaya, as soon as it, right. the initial email came down on, I think, June 3rd, and then by June 7th, they had established that we're, okay, we're going to have this meeting on the 9th, it's all established. That day, Donald Trump gets up in front of uh, a crowd of people, it was when he became the presumptive nominee officially, and uh, and he said, I've got this thing coming up, maybe Monday, maybe Monday we're going to do this thing, and it's going to be all about Hillary, and it's going to be information that you're going to want to hear. Major, major speech. <laughs> And, and and this is what he was doing about Honolulu. I've got some incredible information. People are telling me, my investigators are telling me, incredible things being turned over. This is a guy who, uh, on, on various occasions, likes to, you know, tweak people, uh, and especially tweak insiders, his own people, by revealing inside information publicly, but in a very coy way. Do you, does that make sense? He likes to say insider oh, no, he's, things. He's, he's a gossipy little bitch. Yeah. Our president is a gossipy <laughs> exactly bitch. Right. The whole thing with the National Enquirer and Joe and Mika, and it's like, I'm going to tell them you're sleeping with each other unless you come out and say that I'm fabulous. <laughs> you know? And it's just like, oh my God, this is so mean, girls. Like, I'm going like, to tell everybody that you guys are making out behind the bleachers. Oh you know? my God, he's totally that way. This is all amateur <sighs> hour. I mean, whoever came up with the maxim or the observation that Donald Trump is like a little boy's idea of a man, like a like a, a loser's idea of a winner. Uh, you know, like this this phony baloney concept of the presidency that Donald Trump has. It's really like it's like Spanky and Alfalfa uh, putting together. Oh, here's how we here's how we run an administration. This is sort of the child's version of what adults do. And, and he's stuck in that. And that is the major, major problem here. Everyone else with a brain in their head, everyone else who has a rational grasp on objective reality is going, this is the dumbest, dumbest, dumbest possible reaction to any of this that anyone could possibly have. And I'm unless you're nine years old. Unless, you, of course, you're nine years old. And they're going, well, this is exactly right. They're doing the exact right thing um, if you're a nine-year-old. Unbelievable. So let's. we want to get into this Wall Street Journal thing. Here's the headline with the Wall Street Journal. Russian officials overheard discussing Trump associates before the campaign began. So this was uh, uh, the United States intelligence community overhearing uh, all kinds of signals coming from Russia of people uh, who are discussing Trump associates before Trump was getting ready to run. So this, I mean, obviously the first question that pops in your head is, did the Russians know in advance that Trump was going to run? And I honestly believe that they did. I believe that this was this entire campaign. And this I is think my, they might have told him to run. Well, that is absolutely po- uh, a possibility. And I, I keep believing here. And, Donald, and, we're going to set this up for you. <laughs> right. You Trump. announce candidacy in June. Yeah. And we this begin was, hacking efforts in July. Right. And this is, I mean, this is long before he decided to announce to to run for president. In the spring of 2016, U.S. intelligence officials' suspicions about Russia meddling in the election grew after their counterparts in Europe warned that Russian money might be flowing into the presidential election, according to officials with knowledge of the warning. 
It remains unknown if or whether those funds were funneled to a particular campaign or to others to spend on behalf of candidates. I think the latter is much more likely. I think this was an operation where you have uh, Russian oligarchs funneling all kinds of money. Into- you know where I think some of that money's going to turn up? Where? Breitbart and Infowars. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think it's also going to turn up in a lot of super PACs. I think. A lot of bots. I even believe that uh, that Trump actually didn't spend a lot of his own money on his own campaign. I believe that what Trump spent on his uh, his run for president was mainly Russian money. And mm. I, I again, I don't mm. have any evidence along those lines. So if you want to quote me, make sure you say that this is just uh, this is just kind of Bob's crazy theory on this. I mean, we look at his financial disclosures from uh, a couple of weeks ago. He uh, he's three hundred million dollars in debt. Uh, he's got not anymore. Uh, not anymore. Well, he's got he's got one hundred fifty million dollars in debt just to Deutsche Bank. He's I been mean, making huge amounts of money though off of Mar-a-Lago and off of. I mean, he's already started up yeah, the election effort. I mean, he's but allowed he's allowed to rake in money freely. He's so deeply in the hole, though. I mean, if you listen to some of the accounts of, from people who actually understand and know what his net worth is, he may only be worth one hundred and fifty million dollars. Plus, he's got uh, three hundred million in debt. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a, I mean, I think this guy's more in the financial hole than obviously that he lets on. Obviously, also exaggerating his net worth. What do you say, $9 billion that he's worth? He's not worth anywhere close to that. No, and when he had to do a deposition about it in Washington, for, um, was it Tim O'Brien's book? Yeah. Oh, uh, and, you know, he lied 30 different times in 48 hours. Yeah, that was the lawsuit that he filed against Tim O'Brien, who said that, uh, that Donald Trump wasn't worth <laughs> nearly the amount of money that he says right. he's worth. And, uh, and Donald he Trump, said, of course, sued him over that. He said, which should be, always be an M millionaire, if that, not billionaire. Exactly. They, I, they still were never able to make that stick, that lawsuit. It Was was that Kazowitz? Kazowitz, you know, I don't know why Donald Trump was like, I'm in serious trouble. Let me grab my ambulance chaser lawyer from New York City who's lost every case he's tried for me. You you know what this is, Dave? This is absolutely, this is that episode of the Three Stooges where they're invited in to fix the plumbing and they just make a mess of the place. Or they've got, where eventually like Curly is, is trapped in a cage of pipes that he's created and all the pipes are leaking water. I mean, this is just, this is the most incompetent operation I've ever seen. And you know, Kazowitz is another example of that. Kazowitz is a mess in and of himself. I mean, he's being investigated for ethics violations. He's te- he tells the White House staff, I don't, don't worry about it. You don't need a lawyer up. Don't, ethics violations a with a Russian bank. Yeah. Russia, Russia, Russia. It's like kids and poop. How do they get it on everything? <laughs> yeah. And I just, I, I wonder at what point does this crap even matter? Do, does this matter anymore in the modern world where uh, people are, uh, Trump people are allowed to get away with anything? I mean, time and time again. <laughs> I don't want to go back into, I don't want to backslide into where I was last Thursday and Friday, which was a very, very dark place regarding all this stuff. Just so frustrated with the whole G20 meeting. This, in a way, I think is good for America to shrink. It's good for it's America. Time for America to shrink. shrink. It's time for us to pull up our military bases and not be everybody's boss and the dad and the cop of the world. And we, it was going to happen eventually. And maybe this is how it happens. But I think that once we're back to being a nation with borders, that, and I'm not saying that's anti immigrant, but actually where we're not meddling in the affairs of so many other countries and we start spending money at home, can you imagine if we spent the money, the kind of money we spent for the Iraq war on? U.S. infrastructure, and we'd be like Canada. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I I, I kind of disagree with you on that. I think that 
um, we we kind of have a responsibility, and certainly, uh. certainly, <laughs> I mean, the the asterisk here is Donald Trump. Uh, but right. I, you so know, this is something. You know. This is actually that's actually something that uh, that Donald Trump would love to hear from you, David. Because uh, <laughs> I think what they're trying no, to do. No, no, because he he doesn't understand that that means not necessarily being first in line for rare earth minerals from China. Yeah. Not necessarily being first in line for bananas from Ecuador, and not that you know, but. Well, so, I mean, I, I think I think what we end up doing if the United States starts to withdraw itself and become more isolationist, I think I think we're asking for trouble. That's when people start to step up and try to fill that power void, and when people start to step up and fill that power think void. About it, I mean, like, what we see is the whole Middle East thing. They're, they're furious at us not because they hate our freedoms; it's because we have bases in their countries and we're taking their. Sh- that is that is partly true. I think there is a, an element of of truth to what you're saying when it comes to the Middle East specifically. I think the Middle East is just, and I, I've said this many times, and so I think I think it's a good way to uh, to conclude this part of the discussion to say, yeah, I agree with you when it comes to the Middle East, and but uh, I do think that there are other parts of the world that I, I I do believe that we have a responsibility to be a global leader on because you know I think and and the problem is is that we're as that Australian reporter said last week regarding. Uh, Donald Trump's uh, G20 appearance, you know, he's pressing fast forward on the decline of the United States as a global leader. And uh, and what that usually does, usually when the United States starts to step off the world stage and, and become more isolationist, that's when harrowing things have historically happened. So I know on uh, I, I kind of agree with you when it comes to the Middle East. Elsewhere, we really need to have some sort of. How much money did we spend on the Iraq War, and are still spending? How oh yeah, well, it? I mean, cer- certainly, I, I. I mean, it's in the trillions, right? I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, the the Iraq War, part of the Middle East. I, I think that was there's so many factions, so many thousands and thousands of years of uh, of, uh, of of. That's why we have conflict. refugee flow now because we helped completely destabilize the region. Yeah. I mean, again, that's exactly right. It's not, not a situation we want to continue to, uh, to, to involve ourselves in because uh, again, I don't know if there's anything that we can do that will solve any of those problems. I think that we're Except pretty much considering. Yeah, exa- exactly right. Exactly right. So that note, let's uh, take a short break and come back and uh, talk more about this disastrous meeting in France right after these words. Okay, David, Amazon.com. How often do you shop at Amazon.com? Are you a big fan of Amazon.com? Because they had a huge, they had Prime Day this week. I know a lot of our uh, our listeners uh, did a lot of their shopping at Amazon.com and took advantage of all the Prime Day deals. If you go to uh, BobSeska.com right now, I've talked about this a lot, but it's really important to remember this. Go to bobseska.com right now. Just beneath the logo, you'll see in all capital letters, it says Amazon link right there. So if you click that link, what it does is it takes you over to amazon.com right to the front page, just as you would type, you know, just type amazon.com in your browser. But instead, if you use this process through the bobseska.com Amazon link, you go shopping as usual. You save money on shipping. You save money on uh, all kinds of amazing products. And at the same time... It helps support the show because we get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra to do it this way. It costs you nothing extra to shop this way. And uh, and it helps support this here podcast. Meanwhile, if you uh, click the Amazon banner on the podcast page, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial of Amazon Prime. You get free two-day shipping. You enjoy popular movies and TV episodes, plus unlimited music streaming, free unlimited photo storage, and 30-minute early access to select Amazon Lightning deals. Again, that's the Amazon Prime 
uh, banner at bobseska.com. Also, the uh, bobseska.com Amazon link. Go there now. Go there now. We got a, a couple of months, a couple of weeks left in this month. And uh, we're a little bit behind the curve, I think. I think we need more people to shop at Amazon.com. That's what I think. All right. Uh, it's the Amazon link at bobseska.com. Thank you very much. Do that. The Bob Seska Show. Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. All right, welcome back today. It is the Trump Crisis Day 175. I love Bananarama. Yeah, I Bananarama. They were so great. People don't get it. They think they're this like dumb girl group, and they were actually like really subversive. Yeah, it's a fantastic. They were making all their own stuff. They made all their own outfits, and they were like. They never harmonized. <laughs> they were always wasted. <laughs> Aren't those the best recording artists? I think they are. I uh, saw an interview with Jennifer Saunders, and they asked her like where she got her inspiration for Adina, and she's like, "Well, she's like, I met the Bananarama girls in the '80s, and <laughs> girls didn't really party like that then, you know." And <laughs> I watched one of them sort of pour out of the back seat of a taxi like a fluid, and thought, <laughs> "That's my girl." <laughs> Here's some really good news. You want to hear some really good news? This is non-Bananarama-related news. Uh, It's not coming back from France. uh, A member of Congress has actually filed articles of impeachment on Donald Trump. These these articles are specific to uh, obstruction of justice. Actually, it's two Democratic congressmen formerly filed an article of impeachment against uh, President Donald Trump on Wednesday. Uh, Representatives Al Green of Texas, also one of my favorite uh, R&B recording artists, and uh, Brad Sherman of California. Uh, introduced the House Resolution 438, an article of impeachment against Trump for high crimes and misdemeanors. Well, uh, from their lips to God's ears. Yeah, I mean, I mean so you know my prediction. What's your prediction? That he'll resign before way before any of that. Oh ever yeah, well of course that's yeah that's my prediction too. I I don't think I don't think impeachment is really a, a viable option right now. Certainly not with the Republican Congress. They're not going to let this go anywhere. I mean, although 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 I will say, the Trump coalition is rapidly disintegrating. Did you see Trey Gowdy? I mean, Trey Gowdy just, I mean, totally let Trump have it. Let uh, Don Trump Jr. have it, too. He just Every time I see Trey Gowdy on screen, I want his, like, you know, to be like, Trey, you know, Senator Trey Gowdy are the corn. You know, <laughs> he looks like his name should be Jebediah, and he's, like, living with his shirt off and a pair of overalls in the corn, you know? Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I wonder what's, what's wrong. wrong? With, what's wrong with him? <laughs> That's usually well, my thing. South like, Carolina. Yeah, I was like, does he and uh, Mitch McConnell share the same vat of Vaseline that they just like, you know, 8 a.m. Oh, in the morning, yeah. they just they run up. Okay, time to get together. We're going to dip our faces in the vat of Vaseline here in the United States Senate. And they, you know, they just coat their faces with it. It just seems like always this guy's face has got like a layer of gloss on it. And then the same with Gosh, Mitch McConnell. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what they do. I don't know what uh, products they use, but certainly they're sharing the same skincare products products uh i just look at trey gowdy and i know that somewhere back in his family tree somebody said i want to have sex with the half of you that ain't my sister (laughs) yeah like there's a branch on that tree that looks more like a wreath right there's something genetically just mm, mm, (laughs) yeah i i think that uh as you said this is going to be more a matter of the republicans eventually going to donald trump and saying all right, look, dude, get out, dude. You, you gotta go, and they're gonna you're gonna use that word. They'll say, dude. They'll call him dude. 
They always do. Paul Ryan loves to call people dude, doesn't he? <laughs> if Paul Ryan called me dude, I think I would be... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, that guy. Oh, go on. Well, anyway. So, I mean, uh, you know, while, yeah, uh, articles of impeachment have been filed, but uh, they probably won't go anywhere. I, you know, I mean, I could be terribly, terribly wrong. In fact, most of my observations about the, uh, the Trump administration, I hope I'm terribly wrong about all of it. I hope that in in terms of their uh, their goals and their ethics and and their criminal behavior, I, I hope it's all. <laughs> uh, when you wish upon a star, that's so I know. sweet of you, Bob. I know. I, I, that's I, sweet. Well, I'd like to think. That... <laughs> you think that there's a moral compass in there somewhere? Of, of course, I don't. Of course, I don't. I know I'm right. If there is, <laughs> but, it's like up their ass, like the watch in Pulp Fiction that Christopher Walken brought back from the war. Exactly, but you know. <laughs> Up there is, you know, b- big, beautiful chocolate cake. That's what that's all. That's the only thing up Trump's That's ass. who I'm voting for in 2020. Yeah, right. Um, beautiful so, piece of chocolate cake. So speaking of speaking of the White House, what do you think of this, David? Do you think that, that Jared Kushner is tossing uh, Junior under the bus here? Because what we learned, this is another huge story. Kushner's lawyer is the one who discovered Junior's emails about the uh, Veselnitskaya meeting. There's another bombshell from the New York Times, uh, Peter Baker and Maggie uh, Haberman. As Air Force One jetted back from Europe on Saturday, a small cadre of Mr. Trump's advisors huddled in a cabin uh, helping to craft a statement for the president's eldest son, Donald Trump Jr., to give to the New York Times explaining why he met last summer with a lawyer connected to the Russian government. Participants on the plane and back in the United States debated how transparent to be in the statement, according to people familiar with the discussions. Ultimately, the people said the president signed off on a statement from Donald Trump Jr. for The Times that was so incomplete that it required day after of follow-up statements, uh, each more revealing than the last. It culminated on Tuesday with a release of emails making clear that Mr. Trump's son believed the Russian lawyer was seeking to meet him, uh, meet with him to provide incriminating information about Hillary Clinton as, quote, part of Russia and its government's support for Mr. Trump. The Russia story has become the briar patch from which the president seemingly cannot escape. It dominated his trip to Europe last week, and after he leaves on Wednesday night for a couple of days in France, which he's doing right now, it may dominate that trip as well. Um, And then we learn that the emails, which the younger Mr. Trump released after learning that the Times had obtained copies, blah, blah, blah. He beat them like nine minutes, 11 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's praising him for being so transparent. It's like they had a gun to your head, literally. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, but it's but... Not, but it's not transparent at all because here we have the president engaged and signing off on the cover up of what Don Jr. was doing. And the, I mean, again, on Air Force One, President Trump said, "Hey, you know, this is a great idea. Just say it's about adoption." What drives me nuts? Well, actually, what really drives me nuts? They think we're this stupid, like just goldfish that could just be sort of like, look, we're gonna go yeah. to France now. We Eiffel Tower, but like, and then I remember that there are people who think he's awesome, and they're actually just that easily distracted and just that dumb. Yeah. Well, here, uh, this is a the salient line in this entire uh, New York Times piece. Oh no. The okay. emails. The emails were discovered in recent weeks by Mister Mister Kushner's legal team as it reviewed documents. And the team amended his clearance forms to disclose it. 
according to people briefed on the developments, who, like others, declined to be identified because of the sensitive political and legal issues uh, involved. And there's all kinds of rumors flying around right now that Jerry Kushner is privately and secretly trying to uh, 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 move the uh, move the spotlight away from himself and on to uh, the Trump boy. And that's uh, that appears to <laughs> that appears to be what's happening. Uh, you know, this guy Kushner. But there's a whole other chapter to open on Kushner that I, we just I just heard about last night in terms of his uh, tech company analyzing different districts of the country through social media and figuring out where they needed to target anti. And this and there, you know, of course, there's suspicions that they were working in Congress with the bot, the Russian botnet, and yep. So I mean, I, I mean, I think that much is obvious. I mean, and again, this McClatchy piece that you're talking about is uh, is moving us legitimately toward the the result of of this overarching theory, which is that it should be abundantly clear that there was much more meddling that, than what we've heard about. And one of the things that uh, has been theorized in terms of the the scope of the the attack on the United States last year is that uh, that the Russians had to coordinate with Trump people in order to focus and, and, and target their disinformation campaign on specific precincts and districts where uh, the election could be swung one way or another. And, and again, I, I, I can't help but to go back to the utter weirdness of Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. How, in any universe... Did those states, which have historically gone blue, swing wildly to Donald Trump? Now, you could make, there are a number of theories floating around. There are a number of ideas here. Certainly, the uh, participation of Jill Stein and the number of votes that she got from disgruntled Bernie supporters made a, maybe a difference there in the, uh, in the balance. But there were a lot of precincts that we heard about after the election that swung wildly from supporting Barack Obama in 2012 to Donald Trump in 2016 how does that happen talking about polar opposites i mean i wrote a whole banter article analyzing how donald trump is like the mirror opposite of barack obama in every every possible way. way yeah so i mean how do you make that switch without being the subject of a vast psychological operation a a psyop i mean this was what it was this was a psychological warfare on american voters and 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 therefore uh and this is another thing that i've been talking about quite often lately is that while we don't see any evidence uh yet and it's getting closer and closer to showing this but we don't see any evidence yet of actual vote tabulations being changed on election day but that shouldn't preclude the idea that ideas and minds were changed throughout Before the course. Before they ever got to the voting booth. Exactly right. So so votes were actually changed because minds were changed. Ideas and, and, and preferences were changed uh, long before Election Day. And, and that was all a result of this Russian attack. And, uh, and, and here we see evidence that there may have been uh, distinct cooperation between the digital operation. And again, they're, they're, ta- they're looking at the guy who ran the digital side of the Trump campaign, their digital director, and whose name I, I, don't, for- I don't remember exactly right now. But, uh, but Jared Kushner was also deeply involved in that digital operation. So was mm-hmm. Jared Kushner, who we've seen has many, many links to Russian oligarchs and Russian money and all of this. He's, he was involved in the Veselnitskaya meeting on June 9th and so on. 
So is was Jared Kushner spending his part of his time, one of his many thousands of duties under uh, Donald Trump as Donald Trump's, I guess, his personal <laughs> valet, because wherever Trump goes, there's Jared Kushner. Uh, was he feeding information, very specific targeted demographic information to Russian hackers and, and bots and so on conducting these uh, these operations. And I, I honestly think that he was. But, I mean, we have now growing evidence uh, based on this McClatchy article that that's exactly what happened. Investigators at the House and Senate Intelligence Committees and the Justice Department are examining whether the Trump campaign's digital operation, overseen by Jared Kushner, helped guide Russia's sophisticated voter targeting and fake news attacks on Hillary Clinton in 2016. This front on the Russian mm. war on the United States here uh, is maybe the most pervasive one, maybe the most cynical one, and, and maybe the one that to me is the most desperate uh, next to actually changing votes uh, on, on election day and, and certainly moving forward. Uh, perhaps in 2017, perhaps in these previous uh, uh, special elections, certainly in the midterms. Uh, next to that, it's that we're, because we're living in that ripe era for social media to be weaponized and targeted and for people to just suck it down like Coca-Cola. Because what we see, and I'm sure you observe this all the time, Dave, on, on Facebook and Twitter, where people will just blindly share and retweet stuff without really thinking about what they're sharing and retweeting. They're taking gut reactions and turning that into objective reality for themselves and all the people who follow them. It's very easy to start a, a fake news viral story and infect the entire social media web uh, with that story. And it's just, it's so frightening because... In, in fact, you know, let's put it this way. Stephen Colbert the other night said, they're making us feel insane. He, uh, yeah. I, I think he was talking, he was talking to, I think it was Tom Hanks, maybe. Uh, oh, no, no, it was, it was Joe and Mika. He had Joe and Mika on the show the other night. And he said, you know what? This operation is making us feel insane as if we no longer have a grasp as a people on what is objective reality. And, you know, I, I, I noticed... <laughs> This past week, and I'm sure you got all the DMs yourself, too, because I got dozens and dozens of them warning about not uh, being Facebook friends with Jaden K. K. Smith. Smith. And I'm looking at this and I'm seeing just dozens of direct messages in my Facebook feed saying, Bob, go, go, friend, Jaden Smith, he's a hacker and he's a bad, bad guy, bad guy. And I'm going... Isn't that Will Smith's kid? Yeah, that's so weird about it. It's Will Smith's uh, son. And I'm just going, I'm just doing the I only got two, actually. Tell you the child's honest truth. I'm very proud of my cyber friends. Yeah. Only two people sent that to me. Wow, you're so lucky. Because I, you know, I'm just perpetually doing the uh, Napoleon Dynamite sigh. I'm just going, Because Because this is how the Russians beat us last year. This is one of the major, major ways that Russia installed Donald Trump because we just, we buy into this stuff, we share it, and we don't think about it, and then suddenly a million people are all repeating the same phony baloney fake news. And I'm not talking about fake news in the Trump sense. I'm talking about fake news in the legitimately fake, fake, deliberately fake propaganda type news that we see all over the place. Well, that's the huge irony of it, of course. 
Yeah. You know, the, the people who are cre- screaming fake news are the, you know, purveyors of the biggest, the, the ripest, most steaming BS. Uh, you know, and, and just on the bright side. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that out loud again one more time. I really okay. don't think there's, I think there's something wrong with the voting machines in Georgia. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, no, without a doubt. these results that don't match the exit polls. And yes. Like these, these leads in the polls just, or this, you know, tightness on the poll, it just gets erased overnight mm-hmm. and nobody seems nobody seems to notice it but me like, yeah i'm like where did those votes go and i just uh, like, well i mean that's something i mean if you haven't written about that yet you should because if you're seeing everyone some thinks sort of you're weird... crazy the minute you say ah the voting but see that's also like that's you know that's what the russians want they want us to mistrust our electoral system yeah they want us so confusion and chaos so i almost feel irresponsible bringing it up but like, but I you know if what? You're gonna lose Patreon survivors or Patreon subscribers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, well, there's survivors of last week's shows. I, I assure you, that's uh, an appropriate word to use. But uh, you know, this is something where I mean, if you see something bizarre happening, it's like right after nine eleven. You see suspicious activity. Make sure you say something. Or you know, if you get a if you get an email from a a, a weirdo named Rob Goldstone. Say, hey, you know what? You want some uh, information from this uh, attack that Russia is engaged in? Hey, <laughs> collect, collect your spoils. Here you go. Uh, you know, it's just, I really honestly believe uh, that as time goes on, we're going to hear more and more confirmation that Russia actually did try to meddle with Election Day. Maybe in an oblique sense, maybe not necessarily by going in and changing the tabulation of the votes, but certainly as they tried to do, which is to strike people from voter rolls or change their voter registration information so that when they go up to to vote on the day and they plunk down their ID, which they shouldn't have to do, uh, that that something goes awry with their, their voter rolls and they say, well, no, you can't vote. You can't vote today because it's you're, you're, this looks like an illegal attempt at voting. This looks like voter fraud. So you, you got to go away. And sorry, here's a by, by the way, here's a provisional ballot. You know, be mm, that may get counted. Yeah, exactly. So I think that that is something that is entirely practical. Although I, I do kind of sympathize with your concerns. <laughs> I do sympathize because it does sound it, well, it, it makes you it sound crazy. crazy. But I mean, all of this makes us sound crazy, doesn't it? Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, speaking of sounding crazy, I want to take one last break. When we come back, uh, uh, we have to talk about Kellyanne Conway because I think she's lo- completely losing her spadoikel. I think Kelly, <laughs> I think Kellyanne Conway has just gone around it's the just bend. It's not a spadoinkle day for her. It's not a spadoinkle day. Definitely not. <laughs> More show right after this. All right. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska.
This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. All right, welcome back to our Thursday show. David Ferguson, T-Rex, uh, from Raw Story, is here today. Hi. Hello. All right. Hello. You see uh, Kellyanne Conway on, uh, on television yesterday with her visual aids? Which... I mean, obviously, we're just, you know, she grabbed a Sharpie from someone and there was like, someone get me some printer paper. It's like, if you're going to do visual aids, <laughs> go to Kinko's. I mean, just <laughs> really just get a color paper even, you know, or glitter markers. Yeah. She's gone crazy. She has certainly lost her spadoinkle. Here she uh, held up a couple of signs. I believe she was on with, uh, well, wouldn't that I believe she was, she was on Xanax or... <laughs> <laughs> she was on Fox Possibly. News. It's delouded because yeah. it's Wednesday. She was on yeah. Fox News last night, as always, which is the only place that'll have her anymore. I guess. Oh, you know what? I guess they're no, still letting her on CNN. Another morning. Yeah, for some reason, I don't know why. But uh, she said here on Fox News last night, "quote I just want to review in case you run out of time. This is how we see it so far. This is to help all the people at home. What's the collusion? Collusion." No, we don't have that yet. And she crosses out, she takes a red Sharpie and crosses out collusion on the piece of paper she's holding up. And then she holds up another piece of paper that says, I see illusion and delusion. Just so we're clear, everyone, four words, conclusion, collusion. No, illusion, delusion, yes. Yeah. That is a uh, White House. She's just trying to rep. That's a White House advisor. MC Kelly Ancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that gets a bunch of those. She's lost her mind. <sighs> Kelly Ann yeah, has gone by. This is rap music for like you know <laughs> Christian Dominionists. <laughs> Ah, Jesus the Christ. thing is, though, I mean, if you, uh, you see, you didn't grow up in the South. You didn't ever have to go to vacation Bible school. Oh, I did. I, I, oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I totally had to go to vacation. Wasn't Bible that school. like I mean, that's, it was Sunday school? That's what she was doing. It was like, Sunday school all day long. Yeah, this was the bright idea that some, you know, substitute teacher had and, and you know, brushing her teeth this morning before she put on her Lancome foundation. To go in and teach the eight-year-olds. <laughs> see, this is what happens to a couple of guys if they're forced to go to vacation Bible school when they're kids. <laughs> Turn out to be David Ferguson and Bob Seska. <laughs> we were talk- talking about our use of the F word before we started the show. And I was just like, yeah, I, I told you uh, that story. I think I've related this uh, story on the show before. But uh, just to-, to set an example in terms of how astray I've gone from my religious upbringing. I, I-, I once, I- when I was in college, I worked for Domino's Pizza. I was a Domino's driver in Annandale, Virginia, where I... I grew up and uh, so I'm hanging out at the Domino's one day working and my manager comes up to me and I was pretty good friends with the manager. He said, you know, Bob, you'd make a great manager of a Domino's franchise. The only problem is you say the F word too much. And he didn't say the F word. He said the actual word. But uh, I said, yeah, OK, great. That's sort of uh, sealed my fate as a uh, as a professional. I'll only have to work in jobs where I can say the F word from now on. But uh, of course, when you see <laughs> when you see stuff like this, this story with Kellyanne Conway, and you went into radio, imagine that. Yeah, I went into radio, and I made the most you're obscene. Basically, just like stalking the FCC is what you're doing. You're like, I love you, I hate you. I yeah, you. I mean, and it, by the way, <laughs> taking things full circle. If you look at my Napster bad cartoon, you see dr- genuinely how far astray I fell uh, at certain points in my career. Uh, but okay, so uh, so uh, basically, the Katy Perry of liberal talk. Exactly. Exactly right. All right. Baby, so, 
Sorry. Before we wrap up, before <laughs> do you we wrap feel up, like a plastic bag, Bob. Please do bring it on. I'm just gonna put it over my head and start sucking air. Uh, all right. So before we wrap up the show, we've got a new version of Trump Care that's been dropped, which is just hor- just as horrible as the previous one. Do you get the sense? Dave, that Mitch McConnell's heart, his tiny slee stack heart, just isn't in this. Like he just wants to, he just wants this to go away. And I and, think they all know that it's a giant mistake. Yeah, and they they thought it was going to be a good idea because it's all they talked about for seven years, you right. know. And they brought out, they put out their their two CD set, and you know, even <laughs> Robert Christgau gave it one star. <laughs> you know, it's guns, it's Chinese democracy. I'm telling you, the Republicans are essentially <laughs> Axl Rose right now. Yes. Um, and yeah, hair plugs and and men's shapewear. And yeah, but uh, yeah, it's <laughs> and it's it's like just, have you noticed the new thing? The new thing I think with Republicans. This is what's astonishing about what's happening to the Republican Party in terms of uh, in terms of, their, of the the appearance of the men in the Republican Party. A lot of the leadership they have now adopted the Trump uh, purple brown face makeup. Have you noticed this? Because no, I didn't. Notice. I saw Roger Stone gave a speech or something the other day, and I saw oh, uh, God. Uh, still photos of that floating around Twitter. And God damn it, he had on. Remember the God this is so funny. The meeting in the White House where Lavrov and Kislyak met with Trump, and they're all shaking hands and joking and laughing. Right. Uh, clearly at the, the expense- one where they brought the giant boxes of cameras and electrical equipment <laughs> into the White House. Yeah, that one. That one where they're all making fun of the American people for being a bunch of stupid idiots for falling for the scam. Uh, and and so I noticed in particular that both Lavrov and Trump were wearing the same shade of whatever it is, cover-up foundation. Orange pants stick. Yeah, but it wasn't orange. Sometimes Trump does wear the orange face makeup, but this time it was like a purple-brown. And that I think that's become a thing now. It's like a bronzer. It's yeah. probably some brand of bronzer that probably costs like $600 a tube. Yeah, exactly. It's the best bronzer. But it's, it, you know, it's it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's the, the most best. tremendous bronzer. Yeah, it's, it's made from the most incredible ingredients. Trump bronzer is the very 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 finest bronzer you could possibly imagine. Believe me, this I can tell you, the best bronzer. And and but this bronzer in particular is is a weird shade, and I'm not sure exactly what the point is because you can plainly see. I don't know who they think they're fooling. Yes, okay, you've put you've put. You see per- the line at the chin. You look like you're being asphyxiated. Please stop it. We can all tell. All right, so here's the uh, the new Trump care. New Senate uh, Republican health care bill is out. It's basically the same as the old one. New legislative language unveiled by uh, unveiled by Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, the albino slee stack. Thursday uh, does include Third some notice. Same as the first, <laughs> including leaving in place the Affordable Care Act taxes on wealthy individuals and giving in to conservative demands that health insurance be further deregulated, according to a summary. At its core, however, the revised version of the Better Care Reconciliation Act, which McConnell pulled two weeks ago because too few Republicans, blah, 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 remains a vehicle for massive cuts to Medicaid, less financial assistance for people who buy private health insurance, and the return of skimpy junk insurance policies. The CBO is going to destroy this thing, just like all the previous stupid versions. And the sooner they realize that the Republican Party and modern conservatism is entirely incompatible with creating b- valid health care reform or any health care reform whatsoever. Or life on Earth, really, when it comes right down to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Conservatism is uh, incompatible with life on Earth. 
Uh, and, and you know what? That is actually one of the most profound things I think I've ever heard you say. That is exactly <laughs> effing right. It's like, have you ever seen that when pe- if pets were libertarians? <laughs> have yeah. you seen that where the fish is in the tank <laughs> saying, what do we need this filter for? It's just <laughs> pumping water all day, taking up energy. Oh my God, just that's so funny. It. <laughs> you know, and... Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I think we need words for this theme music, Bob. Yeah, I know, it's we like, do. You, let's. It's Bob. It's Bob. Dude, it's you're Jessica. the music. You're Not the Jessica. <laughs> you're the musician, man. Right away, do, do right, your I'll best. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh yeah. Speaking of the CBO, the uh, Trump administration is always trashing the CBO for being inaccurate, and, and they did so by misspelling, misspelling inaccurate. Inaccurate. God, these idiots. <laughs> Stupid Watergate. Yep. Uh, it really is. I mean, if everyone in Watergate had been hit in the head with a shovel and was like bleeding from a, like an open head wound, that's what we would have. <laughs> exactly. All right, we got the postmortem show coming up. Uh, T Rex is going to stick around for the postmortem show, I assume, right? Yes. All I'll right. Be there. We're going to talk about. Uh, oh, this is interesting. Going to talk about the intercept. And uh, this major debacle they've gotten themselves into with uh, Reality Winner. Remember that NSA analyst who was uh, right. inadvertently they outed? exposed the metadata on her printer and got her arrested. Yeah, staggering stuff. We're going to talk about that coming nice up. Nice job, spy boys. <laughs> Plus, uh, oh, God. I, you know what? We might actually, I, you know what? I've been storing a couple of stories just for you. And they Aww. both involve, they both involve T-Rexes. Awesome. And so finally, I'm going to be able to unload this out of the uh, out of the bucket of show and, and actually uh, delete this from my uh, list of items to talk about on the show. Because I've been waiting for you to be on the show just to reveal these things to you. So we're going to I'm talk honored. about that too. <laughs> they're really, really stupid. I'm just warning you. They're <laughs> stupid, stupid stories. But they involve T-Rex. So I said, well, I got to tell T-Rex about the T-Rex stories. That's all coming up at patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. Sign up for $5 a month. You get two post-mortem shows per week for that money. Plus, if you sign up at $10 a month, you get two post-mortem shows plus the after party. $15 a month gets you all that crap plus a commercial-free, unbleeped version of this show with all the profanities intact. I've been trying to limit that because it takes me like an hour to go through after oh, every I'm show. Sorry, and leave I know everything. you're going to have a lot of work to do. Oh, I, I do it myself, I assure you. It's, it's part of the fun of the show. Okay, that's coming up next. See you over there, folks. Bye bye.